Thank you for tuning in to the podcast of Western Heights Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. We exist to exalt Christ, equip the church, and engage the community. For more info, visit whbcwaco.org. Well, it's New Year. If you are like some people, some of you have probably made some resolutions. Perhaps you're going to exercise more. Good luck. Uh, perhaps you're going to uh, adhere to a diet. Good luck. Perhaps some of you are going to change some habits. Maybe you're going to break an addiction. Uh, maybe you're like some people I know and you want to take off some of that tonnage that you experienced over the holidays. You know, from eating too much pie and all that stuff. So that, I've got to do that. I'm reminded of a, of a man by the name of Ralph that after the Christmas holidays, he was looking to see how much he weighed, and as he was sitting on the, uh, as he was standing on the, uh, the scale, he was sucking his gut in. And his wife was laughing at him and said, honey, that's not going to help you a bit. And he said, yes, it is. That's the only way I can see the numbers. <laughs> new year. The new year offers new opportunities for us to forget the past and move forward into the future. I want to give you an example from the Old Testament in the book of Joshua about some people who embarked on a new journey. Open your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. And as you're turning there, let me set the stage for you. The people of Israel are about to embark on something new. They had been on a long journey. Moses had led the people for over 40 years. He led them from the Egyptian bondage across the Red Sea. He led them into the wilderness, and he led them to the very brink of the promised land. Then Moses passed away, and Joshua takes up the mantle as the leader of the people. It was a time for them to cross over the Jordan River. It was time for them to begin the conquest of the land that God had promised them. It was a time of new beginnings for the people of Israel. And crossover events happen in all of our lives. Uh, they happen when we, when we graduate high school, we graduate college, we take on a new job, uh, we experience a, a change of leadership, or children enter in the picture of our marriage, or even when we get married. Crossover events happen all the time in our lives. And guess what? Crossover events happen in the church just as well. Uh, and what we will discover as we embark on this new challenge that God gives us, we too will discover exactly what the people of Israel discovered. We have never been this way before. We've never been this way before. And in order for us to, to, to cross over to, to, to the new beginnings, that means we have to leave our comfort zones. And we have to be filled with anticipation. We have to be filled with the challenge that God has given us for a new year. Only God knows what's going to happen this year. Only God knows what's going to happen the rest of this year. All we can do is trust God and step out on faith. Joshua knew this. So we're going to look at Joshua chapter 3 verses 1 through 17, the entire chapter, because I want you to see the whole story here. And we'll look at these words this morning under the heading, crossing over to new beginnings. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, where they camped before the crossing over. 
After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you'll know which way to go, since you have never been this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took it up and went ahead of them. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. Tell the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant, When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Joshua said to the Israelites, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. This is how you would know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Gergesites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. See, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then, choose twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe, And as soon as the priest who carried the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priest carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. Now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. As soon as the priest who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. It piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity in the vicinity of Zarethan. While the water flowing down to the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, was completely cut off. So the people crossed over opposite Jericho. By the way, that picture is a picture of the crossing at Jericho. The priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. What a great story. What a a great story as we read uh, from God's Word. I'm going to give you five truths that I see revealed in this passage to help us be crossover people or to cross over the new beginning. To cross over, we must be flexible. Look at verse 4. He says, you have never been this way before. The people of Israel had never been this way before. It was a new journey, a new step. And the thing that we discover about change, change can either be our friend or our foe, depending on how we look at it. For three days, the people of Israel sat on the banks of the Jordan River, looking at the Jordan River, recognized it was in flood stage. Most people say that during this time, it's probably about a mile wide, and it was a raging current. Yet they had to walk across that. In order for them to get across the Jordan River, it means that they were going to have to change some things they were doing. They couldn't just stay where they were. They had to make some changes. And to me, it's strange how comfortable we can get uh, when, we, when we, we just sit back and enjoy the time. Uh, we can get very comfortable in our life. And Joshua admitted this truth in, in verse 4 when he says, you've never been this way before. What's he said? He said, you have no previous experience in this. Most of them did not cross the Red Sea. It was just a, a memory to them. They'd never experienced that. 
They'd never crossed the Jordan River. They had never been involved in the conquest of, of a land that God was going to give them. It was a new beginning for them. But in order for them to experience a new beginning, it required flexibility on their part. And I think perhaps the fear of the unknown feeds the resistance to change. Can we just be honest? Change is hard. It's hard. We like knowing what's going to happen. We like knowing what lies ahead of us. So subconsciously, we condition ourselves to resist change and to resist new beginnings. It's a subconscious thing that we do. Perfect example of this in that of circus elephants. Circus elephants, when they are little and they are born, they are tied to a stake by their trainer. The stake has a chain around their ankle, and the stake is a steel stake driven deep into the ground, and they cannot pull loose from that. As the elephant grows bigger, and as the elephant grows stronger, he has more than enough strength to pull the stake out of the ground. But he has been conditioned mentally not to go past the chain. He's been conditioned. It is the same way with many of us. We have been conditioned by our environment, conditioned by our life, that we cannot step forward. We cannot move forward. So therefore, we are frozen in time, and we cannot do it. Many churches are bound because of conditioned restraints. We've never been this way before. And so they never move forward. But you see, being flexible to change is a necessity even if we've not been this way before. Jesus was the greatest change agent the world has ever known. Jesus changed everything. Matter of fact, much of the trouble that Jesus experienced in his life was because of the religious people. They were the ones that rebelled against him. They were the ones that challenged him. Jesus changed the day of worship. He even changed the way of worship. Some of us stand on the banks of a new opportunity that God has given us in our individual lives, but also in the life of the church. There's going to be questions. There's going to be doubts. We're going to say, we've never been this way before. We've never done it. One of the first things you have to do to experience the crossover to new opportunities, to, to, to new beginnings, is you have to be flexible you got to be flexible. Let's go and look at the second one. To cross over, we must be focused. Look at verse 3. Joshua tells the people, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. He says, when you see the ark of the covenant, you are to follow it. That's good counsel for us as well. Now, time does not allow me to go into all the intricacy, intricate details of this Ark of the Covenant. Uh, it is something that, that has profounded people uh, for years and confounded us. There are still people today looking for the Ark. It's 3,000 years. It has just captured our imaginations. I mean, I think Indiana Jones found it, but I may be wrong. Uh, you know, but, but we're, we're still fascinated uh, by this thing we call the Ark. Here's what you need to know about the Ark. The Ark is a sign of Jesus. He's a representation of Jesus. It's a sign, the ark was a sign that God was leading his people. Before this day, the ark was not leading the people. The ark was in the middle of the people. Matter of fact, if you examine it, the way that it's structured, the ark was in the center of the people with three tribes on the left, three tribes on the, on the, on the uh, top, three tribes on the bottom, three tribes east, west, north, and south. 
all 12 tribes surrounding the Ark of the Covenant to signify that God is in the midst, in the middle of the people. He's in the midst of them. But that's not what's happening in this situation. In this situation, the ark is to go before the people. As a matter of fact, he says to keep a distance of the ark. Look what he says in verse 4. He says, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark. Do not go near it. A thousand yards. That, that is equivalent to ten football fields. So now you're kind of getting the image. Now, now why, did, why did Joshua tell the people, why did God tell Joshua to tell the people to maintain a safe distance of the ark? First and foremost, because the ark is holy. But that's not the emphasis here. The emphasis here is that God wanted the ark to always be visible. He wanted the people to always be able to see the ark so they would know that God was indeed with them. With them. It's always to be visible. Can you imagine the scene? If everybody began crowding around the ark and, and nobody could see the ark, and everybody's starting to get in there and say, well, which way are we going? I don't know. I'm following the guy in front of me. I don't know. Have you seen the ark? No, I haven't seen the ark in days. I don't know where it's at. All I know is I'm following that guy. Does that sound familiar? How many people do we have in the world today that said, well, I would go to the church if it wasn't the hypocrites in the church? Have you heard that? You know what they're doing? They're taking their eyes off the wrong thing. They're taking their eyes off of Jesus, and they're putting their eyes on men and people. That's what he's trying to tell us in this passage. We allow so many things, or we allow even people to keep us distracted from Jesus. And we find ourselves following an individual, following someone else, or following a group. Instead, we should be following Jesus. You see, it's much better when we follow Jesus and not some individuals out there. Up until this moment, God had led the people by a cloud and by a pillar of fire. But now he's leading with the ark. Keep your eye on the ark. And what a beautiful picture of Christ it is for us. He stands in the midst of our rivers as we cross over. He stands there leading us and guiding us and pointing us in the right direction. But if we're going to cross over to new beginnings. We've got to be flexible. And we've got to be focused. We've got to be focused on Jesus. Third truth. To cross over, we must be faithful. Look at verse 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves. Consecrate yourselves. What does it mean to be consecrated? Consecrated means to be, to be, to be, to be sanctified or to be set apart. Joshua is challenging the people, recommit yourselves today to the Lord. Recommit yourselves today to God and follow Him. When we come to faith in Jesus Christ, we're sanctified, we're consecrated, we're made holy. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 says this, You were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we were sanctified, we were consecrated. So what does this mean for us today? How do we consecrate ourselves? How do we set ourselves apart for Jesus? What he's trying to tell us today, get right with God. Get right with God. 
instead of doing the same things over and over and over and expecting different results. He said, won't you try doing God's way? He's saying, listen, we're about to do something we've never done before. In order for you to do something you've never done before, you can't keep doing it the way you've always done it. You've got to move forward. He says, rekindle that relationship you have with God. Rekindle that relationship you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because you're about to do something you've never done before. About to. What happens? What happens when people begin to rekindle their relationship with God? People begin to show mercy. People begin to demonstrate grace. People begin to demonstrate forgiveness. And then love becomes the norm for the people. Because love conquers everything. And what else? The people become united. United because they've got their priorities in the right place. In the right place. Let's go. He says, let's go. He said, after they've consecrated themselves, they said, let's get ready. Uh, let's go. Let's do this. Listen, when we are faced with new opportunities, when we are faced with new challenges that God gives to us as individuals and to us as a church, we've got to be flexible, we've got to be focused, and we've got to be faithful. Remember whose we are and make a new commitment to be like Christ this new year, to be more and more like Jesus. Fourth truth. Remember, flexible, focused, faithful. To cross over, we must be futuristic. Look at verse 5. He says, consecrate yourselves. And I love this verse. I love it. For tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. He didn't say they would do amazing things. He said, God is going to do amazing things among you. God's going to show up. God's going to make a, a difference. God is giving them, he's telling them, start believing in tomorrow. Start believing in what tomorrow holds. He said, I have something for you to look forward to. All those years of wandering in the wilderness. They had no real direction. They had no real purpose. Now all of a sudden there's hope. There's hope that the tomorrow is a new day. Verse 5, tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. And when you have that, it, it encourages hope, it gives faith, it gives vision for a greater tomorrow. He says, believe in tomorrow. He's saying, quit living in the past. Look forward to the future and what God is going to do among you. Listen, it's a dangerous time in the lives of individuals and it's a dangerous time in the life of churches when memories of yesterday are more prevalent and more important than visions and hopes for tomorrow. It's a dangerous time. Israel has seen their fair share of miracles. Some of them saw the parting of the Red Sea, but they hadn't seen it. They heard stories of it. They had seen the manna come from heaven. They had seen the quail that God had given to them. They had been led by the fire. They had been led by the cloud. They had seen water change into sweet water. And they've seen water come from a rock where there previously had been no water. 
Now they sat on the edge of the Jordan River. They sat on the edge of a new opportunity that God was giving them. It would have been very easy to sit on the side of the river and reminisce about the good old days. It would be good to sit and bask in the wonders of what God had done for them in the past. It's simple. We love to do that type of stuff as we reflect upon what happened. It would have been very easy for them to do that. But it's a dangerous time when memories of yesterday are more important than visions of tomorrow. God did not bring you to this new year for you to sit and remember what you did in the past. He's brought you to this new year to give you opportunity to face the challenges that lie before you. He's offering you a new beginning. He said, make the most of this opportunity that God has given to you. Be flexible. Be focused. Be faithful. Be futuristic. The children of Israel did not just see what had been or what was, but they saw what was going to be. It didn't mean everything was going to be easy. They still had to get across that river. They still had to go across that river that's a mile wide and it's torrential and it's current. They still had to go across that. It didn't mean that everything was going to be easy. You know what lied on the other side of the river? Jericho. Jericho. They still had to do battle with Jericho. And not after Jericho, there'd be other battles they'd have to fight. There'd be other, other obstacles in their way. But they crossed over the river. They crossed over the river with the promise, tomorrow, tomorrow, the Lord will do amazing things among you. And they crossed over the river. So you got to be flexible, you got to be focused, you got to be faithful, you got to be futuristic. One more. To cross over, we must be fearless. Look at verse 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, Today I will, ex I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel, so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. I was hesitant to add this part into the sermon. I was very hesitant to do that. The people followed Joshua. They followed him. They trusted in his leadership. They trusted that he was God's man for them at that time. They trusted him. Why did they do that? Why? Because they knew he was God's man. They've been sent by God. And he provided them with a vision, not a need. He provided them with a vision of where they needed to go, not where they wanted to go. And he was the man. And he did that. So Joshua led by example. He rallied the troops. He commandeered the people. He challenged them. And, and listen, listen. When you have faith in your leadership, whoever that individual is, when you have faith in your leadership, the commitment level rises when you see your leaders are committed to it. They're committed to it. And it becomes contagious. It gets you excited 
because you say, hey, we have a direction to go. We have a vision. We have a purpose. We have a plan. We have an idea. Instead of just languishing here on the banks and reminiscing, we actually have a purpose for which we can move forward. And we've got this individual that we can trust. But I want you to notice something about this passage. Before God would cause the waters to subside or to recede, the leaders had to step into the water first. Not Joshua. The leaders had to step in first. Listen, leadership is risky business. It is risky business. Many never cross over to the other side due to the failure of leaders who are constantly reactive and seldom proactive. You know what that means? Leaders, uh, you know, you got leaders, all they do is they react to the situations they're in instead of proactive looking forward to what lies ahead. And all we do is we respond to everything going on instead of creating a, a vision which we can pursue and we can chase after. That's why they continually hold the ark up. While they're in the river, they continually hold the ark up. Remember, you continue to lift up Jesus. You continue to exalt Christ. You continue to magnify the cross. What is it that Jesus said? He said, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Church, are we lifting up Jesus? Are we lifting up Jesus? They hold the ark up high so the people see that's who we're following. That's who's going with us. Listen, fearless leaders and committed followers won the day. The leader obeyed the Lord. The people listened to the word of the Lord, to their leader. And they crossed over. Look at verse 16. And it says, so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. The people became crossover people. No longer were they content with the past. No longer were they, were they, they content to sit and reminisce about the good old days. They said, no, no, we're moving forward. There's land to conquer. There's people to defeat. There's a God to proclaim. And so they moved forward across the river. And then I love verse 17, the concluding verse. It says this, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan while all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That's fearless leadership you can trust. It's no wonder. It's no wonder when, when they came to Jericho, the people were ready to do what Joshua asked them to do. Why? Because he got them over the river. He got them, and they were ready said, we are ready to take this land. We're ready. And as we stand with our feet in this new year, there's a sense in which it is our, our own Jordan. What shall we do? What are we going to do? Because we've never been this way before. We've never experienced 2019. I'm already thinking next year my sermon will be 2020 vision. <laughs> We've never been this way before. 
how can we cross over? You've got to repeat what the Israelites did. You've got to be flexible. You've got to be focused. You've got to be faithful. You've got to be futuristic. And you've got to be fearless. The problem with many of us and the problem with the majority of churches, I know because I pastored some of them, they never take advantage of new beginnings. They just keep on doing the same old thing over and over and over and over. Reminiscing about the past. Celebrating the good old days. And they never move forward to conquer new land. To magnify the cross. It happens in too many of us. They come to the edge of the new opportunity. They hear God say, I know you've never been this way before. I know. I know it's hard. I know it's a challenge. But if you trust me, and you will step out on faith, God says, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow, I am going to do amazing things among you. But you see what it requires on our part? Listen, my friends, I'm going to tell you. God will not do amazing things for us if we do not step out on faith. He won't do it. God will never do by miracle what we ought to do out of obedience. If you notice that the minute the leaders stepped into the water, the water receded. But they had to get their feet wet first. And then it says they went over on dry ground. It was a step of faith for them. And it's a step of faith for us as well. We got to get our feet wet first before God will begin to do amazing things among us. Let me ask the leaders. You know who you are, deacons. You're a leader, whether you want to be or not. You are a leader of this church. And if you don't want to be a leader, then step aside. Step aside. Sunday school teacher, you are a leader. And if you do not want to lead, step aside. Committee members, you are leaders. If you don't want to lead, step aside. Step aside. Does that sound harsh? No. Why? Because here's what I'm saying. It says, as the leaders step out on faith, the others will follow. As the leaders step out on faith, then and only then will God begin to do something amazing amongst the people. Do you want to see God do something amazing? No, don't you dare say amen unless you mean it. Do you want to see God do something amazing in your life, in the life of this church? Then learn an example from these crossover people who crossed over the Jordan and they took the land for God. I believe God is putting us on the edge of something wonderful here at Western Heights. He said, I'm giving you this neighborhood. I'm giving you this community. What are you going to do about it? Are we going to stay on the side of the river and be comfortable and content and satisfied? Or are we going to say, give us the land? 
We trust you. And we're stepping out in faith. In a moment, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. Kip's going to come and lead us. Cassie's going to come and play. Give you an opportunity to think where you are today. Perhaps for some of you, what you need to do is consecrate yourselves. You need to say, today, Lord, this new year, I am setting myself apart for your ministry. I'm setting myself apart for your service. God, I am giving myself again to you. I'm surrendering my life to your call once again. Some of you need to do that. Because if you don't do that, you're not ever going to cross the river. Never. Some of you need to do that. Others of you, you need to be a leader. You need to step up and say, I'm willing to lead. I'm willing to follow the vision. Because I believe that God wants to give us this land. I would ask you to come and stand with me as a leader. But I don't want to put you and embarrass you. And I don't want to put you on the spot. Because it might be more of an embarrassment to me than it is to you. I don't know where you're going to go. But I'll tell you where my family is. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I pray that that's what you want to do too. Would you stand with me? As I lead us in time of prayer, Marcy's going to come up. We'll be here to pray with you. We'll be here to counsel with you. Maybe you say, hey, I need a church home. I want to be a part of a, a church that wants to make a difference in this world where God has placed us. We invite you to come. Father, we come before you this morning. Thank you for the opportunity you've given to us to gather to worship, to sing praises, to give our offerings, Father, to offer up our prayers, Father, to hear your word, Father, challenging us, Lord, to cross over. Lord, I'm tired with the status quo. God, we are tired of the status quo. God, we want to experience your fresh hand of blessing upon us once again. God, we want to be crossover people. I believe that in my heart of hearts, God. Everyone in this room, Father, I believe in my heart of hearts that they really do want to experience the hand of blessing upon them and upon this church, God. But Lord, they're afraid. They're scared. I understand, God. I understand. But Father, why should we be afraid when Jesus knew what He had to do to reconcile the world to a heavenly Father? And Father, He took the chance. He did what needed to be done, Father. We know that He is our example for us to follow suit. So, Father, today I pray that You challenge us as Your church. God, this is Your church. Challenge us as Your church, God, to be crossover people to the new opportunities, to the new challenges in this new year You've given us. Bless this time. Touch our hearts. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.